0: It's time! Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, wherever and whenever you may be listening to this. Another edition of the Black and Blue Pod. Coming at you. This time I have Noah on the show, and we'll be breaking down this upcoming weekend uh, divisional games in the NFC and AFC here in the NFL as we look to see which teams will make that next step towards the Super Bowl and reach their conference championships. And first, we're just going to kick things off right away uh, with Saturday's slate of games. Uh, Right now, as of right now, because of COVID and everything, can't be too certain. Uh, Rams and Packers will start off the weekend at 425 25 uh, with the Rams coming into Green Bay. Will the weather hold up? We'll see. Uh, and will Jared Goff or John Walford start? Who knows at this point? But Noah, I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, what do the Packers have to show to establish themselves as an NFC contender for a Super Bowl?
1: Well, I do want to say, first of all, that uh, it did come down, I think, late last night um, that Blake Bortles was going to be the Rams' backup on this game. I'm not even kidding. John Lawford. Let's go! Let's go! Blake time, baby. The the chance that Bortles is on the field in that game, if Goff stomachs up or something like that, which is kind of crazy to think about. But um, as far as your question about the Packers, I think the biggest thing for them is being able to run the ball. We know they're going to be able to throw the ball. And um, granted, the Rams' defense is very, very good and Ramsey's going to do his best against Adams, but Rodgers is not going to just be shut out the whole game. He just doesn't work like that. He's going to put up his, you know, his his 20 points. He'll throw a couple touchdowns at least, but then it's really just a matter for the Rams being able to contain him a little bit and not let him completely cook your defense. And I think running the ball is going to be really important for Green Bay because the Rams' run defense is really good. Um, but as we always say in these games, you know, you want to control the time possession. You want to be able to extend drives and have these kind of long methodical drives where you can get five yard runs here, seven yard runs here, convert, you know, second and third downs and, and really just take time off the clock and, uh, and not, you know, let the, not let your offensive players really beat you, um, you know, with a mistake like an interception or something like that. So I think the uh, the Packers definitely need to be able to run the ball. Expect I think Aaron Jones is going to get at least at least 17 carries in this game. Um, the really only way that he wouldn't is if the Rams take out like go out to a 14 nothing lead or something like that, and Green Bay needs to throw the ball all over the place um, in in order to you know come back in the game, make sure they win it. But I think the Rams are really the only team that can go into Lambeau Field in this NFC and beat Green Bay. Now, I don't know if I'm really – that's like a huge testament to the Rams. It's, it's really just because they have the two ingredients. They're going to be able to run the ball with acres. I know that. Green Bay's run defense isn't too good. And um, their, their defense is just very good. You know, I think that Ramsey – he's not going to lock Adams down. But there's a path to him you know containing him where Adams stat line at the end of the day is you know six or seven receptions for 50 to 70 yards and no touchdowns like I completely see that happening um it depends if they play a lot of zone again because you know Metcalf when he was scoring in the uh in that game that was on zone coverage so uh when when Ramsey was locked up one-on-one with him it was uh Metcalf really wasn't doing too much so I think there's a lot that can go the Rams favor I also think you know McVay and Lafleur. Lafleur's done a very good job. I still probably would take McVeigh, just a little bit more experience, and I think he can really scheme uh, to get golf in good positions to win, uh, in a good position to win. You know, just get him in play action. Don't make him have to take shots downfield. I think the one last thing I'll say before I hand it back to you that is important for Green Bay: get out seven nothing. You know, if the Green Bay receives the opening kickoff, they can drive right down the Rams' throat, and you know. Rodgers throws a touchdown to Adams or something like that, then they're going to have their mojo. They're going to be rolling. And I think the Rams are going to say, this team's just too talented. So uh, I think Green Bay needs to get out early. And uh, I think the Rams really need to establish the run and, uh, and just, just contain Adams as much as they can.
0: Yeah. For me, I agree with everything you said. I think if Green Bay jumps out to an early lead and they're able to set the tempo and set the pace of the game and force the Rams to, throw or make big plays early that'll severely severely hurt the Rams chances of winning this game because Jared Goff does not look like a guy who can necessarily lead your team uh from down early in the game especially when it's a playoff game he needs to be able to have the right conditions in the right setting around him to be comfortable in order to thrive so but that being said Uh, I think Green Bay has to stop the run. They have to stop the run. I can see Green Bay winning this game without necessarily running the ball to the level that they want to run at. But if the Rams, say the Rams win the coin toss and they decide they want the ball and they want to get points on the board early, if the Rams just ground and pound their way down the field, I think that is a huge tone setter for the rest of the game. And I think that's a huge, huge... Momentum swing already because now the Packers are looking like the same old Packers. Doubt starts to creep in. How will they be able to contain Cam makers who exploded against the Seahawks for over 150-something all-purpose or scrimmage yards or whatever? That's very important. Um, but
1: I think that him having a huge game in the first round is going to carry over into the Green Bay game. I think he's going to play with a lot of confidence. There's going to be a little bit of momentum there. They're run blocking really well. Um, and Green Bay's run defense has never hasn't impressed me all year really. The only game that I feel like they played really well in was the Henry game, but there was snow on their side in that game. So mm-hmm. um, you know, against a very good running back, I, I think that's important. Well,
0: I I don't know. I'm just not sold on Cam Akers carrying that in because now I feel like Green Bay is going to be keying in on him, knowing that golf is golf is at not at least hundred percent with that thumb. Um, and they know that their defense McVay is going to be sending pressure, especially with losing Dave Bactari for the season earlier, uh, this season. I think they're going to be keying up a lot of deep defensive pressures, trying to get Rogers to throw the ball early, or at least get pressure on him to be able to get in his head and like make him think about that. Um, but in the end, I think, Green Bay's defense has to establish itself as one of the best running defenses out of the teams remaining in the playoff. I'm not saying they're the best running defense this year, but when you're trying to make a Super Bowl, you need to be able to stop the run in order to help Aaron Rodgers and give him the most comfortable way to win instead of just expecting him to bring you back down back when you're down like two touchdowns, two to three touchdowns. That's not gonna help. So uh I think I think Green has got to stop the run because like I said, offensively, they're completely fine. They have Aaron Rodgers. They have Aaron Jones. Uh, I do agree. Jalen Ramsey has been shutting down players and should be up for like defensive player of the year. He has been shutting down receivers making huge tackles coming up on the line of scrimmage. He has been incredible this season for the Rams. How healthy is Aaron Donald after that ribs injury against Seattle? We'll see. Um, I think with a defensive tackle, with ribs, that's a serious, serious injury that could limit you. Not saying it's a serious injury long-term, but I think for the short-term in the playoffs, that injury could come back to really just not – you could see Aaron Donald not be as effective, probably could see a little bit of lack of explosiveness, and just overall just not as good of a performance as we saw in Seattle. So that's my biggest uh, – that's what I think Green Bay has to do. Who do you think will be the biggest X factor in this game?
1: I think the big X factor, oof, there's like four of them. So, I mean, <laughs> the, I don't want to call Jalen Ramsey an X factor, but I think he's the most important player in this game because if he can stop Devontae Adams and take him pretty much out, which I don't think he's going to be able to do, but if he can do that because of how well he's been playing the last you know, six or seven weeks, I think the Rams have him in the bag. I really do because I just wow. don't trust the. I don't think the Green Bay receivers beyond Adams. Like I don't think Tunyon's gonna really kill the Rams. I don't think you know Allen Lazard or Marco Esvalda scanning. This is where I think the Packers do need to add another wide receiver in the draft this year. I thought they should have last year. They ended up taking Jordan Love, obviously, which was kind of you know pissed Rodgers off. I could see them signing with Corey Davis too. That's beside the point. Um, I think that if Jalen Ramsey can lock up Devonte Adams that's that's going to be that's that's going to tell the game because if Adams cooks him and goes has his typical Adams day where he's 8 for 120 and two touchdowns in the red zone and Rodgers is smiling you know throwing those fade routes to him then of course the, you know the rams have no hope but if Ramsey plays well then i think the rams are in very good position i think another very important player i already said this before but i think it's Aaron Jones for green bay i think he needs to run the ball well and um, it's going to be tough against that Rams defense. You mentioned Donald's injury. That's important, obviously, because he's not going to be playing at 100%. And Green Bay's offensive line's pretty banged up. I know Lindsley's banged up. And uh, Bakhtiari is out for the season, which was a huge loss because see, I think he's the best left tackle in football. Uh, so not having those two guys to get some push in the run game is going to hurt. But Aaron Jones is still capable of, you know, getting a couple 30-yard runs in there, or just, you know, consistent, you know, five, six yards uh, per carry. You know, he's, he's very capable of that. He's a very good running back. So I think uh, establishing the run, like I said before, for uh, for Green Bay and Aaron Jones, and then on the other side, Jalen Ramsey for the Rams.
0: I think for the Rams, it's going to be uh, – I didn't think about the way you thought about it. I, That definitely makes sense. Um, just for me, I think for the Rams, the biggest – X Factor is Jared Goff. How does he yeah, play? That's now you a, may that, say, that was
1: my one with the Rams, but I thought I thought you'd go there. So
0: <laughs> thank you, you're so kind. Um, but I think with with Goff, he has been so up and down, and this is probably going to be a game where the Rams need him to throw and be more efficient. And if he steps up, that's great. That may unlock some of the Rams' offense down the road if they advance. But that being said, I think you can't go nine for 19 you, you like that's just you can't go nine for 19 and expect to win against this Packers team that's just not going to happen and I think Ramsey will win some battles against Devontae Adams I think he'll lose some but overall I think he'll have a good day and on the Green Bay side uh I just I really I agree with you that Aaron Jones I think is the biggest x factor because like I said I think I can see Devontae Adams getting Ramsey a couple of battles, a couple of one-on-one battles and breaking off some big plays. But Aaron Jones, that running back core, needs to thrive in order to take the pressure off of Rodgers and not be not corner the offense into being one predictable and just being pass happy all the time. So with that being said, for me, biggest X factors, running backs for the Green Bay, for Green Bay, and Jared Goff for Los Angeles because, like I said, Off a little up and down so far this season uh, and he's got to step up and he can't go nine for 19 again. That's just not going to happen. So do you have a final score prediction
1: for this game? I'm going to say the Rams 23 green Bay 20. Uh, It's really just, I think it's my big upset pick of the week. I didn't want to pick four of the favorites um, and I really just like, the Rams' chances. I think they're because I wouldn't take the Saints in Green Bay, and I wouldn't take the Bucks. I don't think that they have the formulas for it. I think the Rams do, between coach running the ball and their defense. Uh, they, that they just they can they might be able to pose a little bit of what San Francisco did to Rodgers last year. Um, at the same time, it's in Green Bay, still Aaron Rodgers. I hate picking against Aaron Rodgers. This is really just like I think it's going to be 20 to 20 with like a minute and 14 left, and the Rams are going to get the ball back. And Acres just going to have some huge run, and we're all going to be sitting there stunned, like holy shit. If this kicker makes field goal, they're going to win the game, and he's just going to make it. That's that's just my it's my gut feel.
0: I'm going to take Packers. I'm going to do 33 to 27. I think it'll be
1: close. It's against that Rams defense. That's a lot.
0: Yeah, but like I said, it's Aaron Rodgers. He is a bad man for a reason. (laughs) So I I I think Rodgers is going to have another field day, and I think the Rams will keep it close, but I think the Rams are falling into that trap of, well, not the Rams, but people are falling into the trap of the Rams becoming the darling pick, the darling underdog pick, even outside of Cleveland and everything like that. I think they're kind of falling into that darling underdog pick that people are like, yeah, I'm the insider. I really know that this is going to happen. It's like, no. No, nah,
1: that's Baltimore. That's more Baltimore, I that think. That
0: is true. That is Baltimore. Baltimore has taken on that. Literally, like game. I think
1: like 80% of America is taking Baltimore now, which I don't really quite get. That's the next game, though, so. Yeah, so with that
0: being said, uh, Ravens play the Bills at 8-15 in Buffalo. Uh, possible snow is uh, on the horizon in Buffalo. Around 50-60% to 60% chance. Of course, I do my research, folks. That we're You guys are paying top dollar for this research department. Um, So obviously the Rams are coming off their Lamar Jackson's first playoff win of his career. He's one and two in the playoffs. Now they beat the Titans 20 to 13, pretty much shut down Derrick Henry. The bills on the other hand are coming off of a win against Indianapolis came down to the last minute or last minute. Hail Mary from Phillip rivers, but they won the game. Nonetheless, uh, 27 to 24, how do no? I'll ask you this first. How do the Ravens upset the Bills? And yeah, just how do they upset the Bills? And what are the chances of that happening in your mind?
1: It's going to be Lamar making plays with his arm. We know he'll make a couple plays with his legs, but I don't think the I think the Bills are going to say we're just going to go all in on the run. And if you beat us downfield, you beat us downfield. And um, I think you know you saw those Colts tight ends get free a lot. Uh, Mark Andrews, there's potential to him having a big day in this game. I think he's the X factor. I'll say that right now for the Baltimore. I think he's their best receiver, like their best pass catcher, their most reliable red zone target, you know, in the air. It's not Marquise Brown. It's not, you know, Willie Snead or any of those guys, Boykin. I think Andrews is by far their, you know, their best player at the offensive end. That isn't Lamar Jackson. And um, I think he's going to need to have a big game. That's the path to Baltimore beating them, I think, is Andrews, has, he has a field day. Lamar throws two touchdowns and, you know, runs for another. They're going to need to outscore the Bills. I mean, of course, you know, in every game you need to outscore the other team. But the Bills are going to get their points. You know, I don't think the Ravens' defense is – I think it's good. I just don't think it's locked down. You know, I think Josh Allen's going to, as the game goes on, is definitely going to be able to make some plays Stephon Diggs. You know, you saw A.J. Brown against Marlon Humphrey. A.J. Brown was able to get the best of him on a few p- plays. I think Stephon Diggs is an even taller task for Marlon Humphrey to handle. And, you know, he's going to get his. And I, I, the Bills just – everybody likes the Ravens, and I get it because they play good football and they've got the formula with running the ball and controlling the time possession. I understand all of that. But what I'll say is I don't think the Bills are going to get coached in this game. I'm a big Sean McDermott guy. And the Bills have played even better than Baltimore has – Going into the playoffs, and Baltimore was on a five-game win streak, so it's not like the Bills were limping in. And you know, Baltimore is this really hot team. The Bills have been destroying teams left and right. The only close game they've played was that Indianapolis game, and I really just gave that more credit to Indy because I think Indy did everything they could besides, you know, one or two mistakes to stay in that game. That's why they ended up losing it. Baltimore is going to have to play near perfect game, I think, to beat Buffalo, and that's why I'm uh, I'm leaning Buffalo. But I'll hand it back over to you.
0: Yeah, I think Buffalo is getting a little, even still like there was this stretch in the season where people were praising Buffalo, Sean McDermott had done an incredible job with this team. They're doing all the right things. And then all of a sudden Baltimore makes this run and then it's like, Oh, Baltimore's looking dangerous again. Teams have to be on the watch. And it's like, uh, maybe we're just over in my mind, I'm thinking maybe we're just overthinking this and Buffalo's just going to go out and smash Baltimore right. because Stefan digs, has had a career year. He's had a record-setting year with the franchise, and he certified why he that trade he wa- he deserved, or I should say, he earned the respect of proving that trade from Minnesota to Buffalo it was a great move for him personally. And Josh Allen is has a cannon of an arm. He can like paint the sideline. He can do anything. He could pretty much do anything that a, a great, great elite quarterback can do. He's just doing it in a place that doesn't get much love or gets overlooked. So I think Buffalo is more than capable of coming out and smashing Baltimore. And I think that's, what's going to happen. Baltimore, their defense is incredible. They're shutting down the rushing attacks, 51 yards allowed on the ground per game, only 165 passing yards allowed uh, through the air. So at this point, I'm just not sold on Baltimore's defense after an incredible, incredible uh, performance in shutting down Derrick Henry. I just don't see them coming off of that performance and turning around and shutting down Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs through the air. Like I just don't think that's going to happen. Buffalo's offense is averaging 407 yards per game for a reason. They're averaging 31 points per game for a reason. Uh, It's just going to come down for me. The biggest X factors are Baltimore's defense and um, for Buffalo, Josh Allen, of course, because it always depends on Josh Allen. I mean, yes, the running game may be a little slow at some points, but I think if you, if Josh Allen's thriving, he's getting his connections to digs and he's hitting all of his receivers. uh, There's no way this offense can be stopped even with Baltimore who has an incredible defense, So I'm going to take Buffalo in this one and just give Josh Allen the MVP. Well, I shouldn't say, uh, wait, maybe. Yeah. Eh, Maybe not. I take that. I take that back. I was getting a little caught up in my Buffalo hype. Uh, yeah, but Josh Allen top three deservedly. So this season has belonged in an MVP conversation and I'm just glad that Bill's mafia is thriving and hopefully we see some tables destroyed uh after the end of this game and i don't want to see buffalo so close to an afc championship all of a sudden the bills lose and then it's like oh we're right
1: there um this is their year to do it i feel like this is just like i mean (laughs) they don't have fans behind them necessarily which i guess you could say next year they will but this is the year no they've
0: been they don't have all the fans but a limited capacity Yeah. yeah
1: i saw i saw um, I like, I like Buffalo too, though. I was thinking somewhere around like 31 to 20 Buffalo. I just, I, I, I it was good for Lamar to get the playoff win. I just don't think the Ravens are an AFC championship caliber team this year. I think Buffalo and the team we'll get to later, are just too, too good. And um, Buffalo is going to, you know, this game might be close until like the fourth, it might be, you know, tie game or a three point game going into the fourth, but I think Allen is just going to have some crazy drive, you know, or he, pull some third and 13 horse play like crazy play out of his ass to digs for 20 yards it's like something like that's gonna happen and we're gonna be like all right you know bills are gonna win this so that's where i'm going my heart dropped in that
0: indianapolis game when uh they had what was buffalo had the ball and they were driving down the field and i think it was Allen. Allen fumbled it and it turned into like second and 30 or second and 40
1: yeah i remember that i was like
0: I was like, oh my god. So, limit the turnovers, Allen does his thing, and if but if Baltimore's defense responds, could be a lot closer than we think. But let's move on. Um Sunday Sunday slate looking pretty good, looking pretty tasty. Nice little appetizer, nice little course. Uh Browns and Chiefs start the day at 3:05 Eastern Standard Time. Browns are getting their head coach Stevin to Kevin Stefanski. Oh. Uh, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson back off the COVID list. Kansas City is obviously coming off a bye as uh, a w- one seed in the AFC. What do you th- what do you think for each team is like their biggest weakness
1: that the other team could exploit? The biggest weakness for KC is um, is well, it's also it's one that's them falling asleep in games. but I don't think that's going to happen here in the postseason. I think that was just them now sleeping. that they have games to play for. I don't see that. Yeah. yeah that in their defense but their defense we talk about it like it's terrible it's really not it's just like a league average defense but that's the weakness of a kansas city team because they have you know one of the top 10 offenses of all time probably from like a personnel standpoint at least you know between the quarterback and the two the two receivers with hill and kelsey i mean it's it's really just if you look at the stats that's it's just insane so it's that that's their weakness i guess and then for cleveland they it's, it's, again, defense, honestly. I mean, Cleveland's not like – you don't think about them as this explosive offensive team necessarily, but they just scored 45 points on Pittsburgh. Now, granted, a lot of that was Pittsburgh turning the ball over in their own territory, and um, they just had no answers for their own game. But Cleveland's offensive line great, first of all. Second of all, they've got two top ten running backs on their team because they are. I mean, Hunt Hunter, two of the top ten backs in the league, I think. And they've got a quarterback, and Baker Mayfield is not making mistakes right now. He's just finding the spots, uh, you know, the soft spots in zone coverage and, you know, like picking his matchups that he likes. And he's he's not – I don't think he's feeling the pressure to get, you know, a Beckham the ball eight times a game, you know, where he would try to look for Beckham all the time. And it would sometimes be forced, and, you know, you'd have a pick or it would stall a drive. Now he's just throwing to all these, you know, kind of number two wide receivers what it's working out for him because they've got such a good running game And uh, he's got all the protection there, too. So it's really been outlined perfect for Baker. And um, it's really just going to come down to defense and what offense. It's going to come down to what defense doesn't fold and what offense can make more Mm. plays. Um, And that's kind of the short cop-out answer. But to me, it's been a great story for Cleveland. I think they're well-equipped to hang in the game against Kansas City. I don't think they're going to get blown out. But I think Kansas City in the fourth quarter is going to say we're the Chiefs. America forgot we're the Chiefs, and we just won the Super Bowl last year. We've got the best quarterback maybe of all time on our side, and uh, and the Chiefs are going to win this one.
0: See, as much as, as, much as I love the Kansas City Chiefs, great team. I love here in Kelsey do interviews, whatever. I have a feeling. I have a gut feeling deep down. This Project is a game. This is a game where Kansas City, situational football, and Andy Reid somehow finds a way to mess it up. And obviously, unintentionally, he's not trying to mess anything up. But I have a feel like time management, the demons that plagued him when he was in Philly and a little bit in his beginning at Kansas City are going to show up here because I, I have a feeling that Kansas City is going to pull a Baltimore of last season where they're underestimating their opponent – and their opponent is going to come in, hit them straight in the mouth, and they are going to have no idea what just hit them. And I have a feeling that this is a setting up to be a classic Andy Reid choked type of game because Cleveland is rolling. They are, they know that every team analyst insider, whatever, is underestimating them. And they're coming in with that chip on their shoulder, especially after finally beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh for the first time in 20 some years or whatever, they are coming in with an attitude and a swagger, mainly coming from Baker Mayfield, all to his credit that, Hey, this is a completely different team. And we're going to come in and show you why we're one of the best teams in the AFC and why you have to be scared of us for years. So I think Chubb, I think Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to have a field day. I think Baker Mayfield's going to make great plays, but you got to have them moving in the pocket. You can't keep them stationary because I have a feeling Chris Jones and that Kansas city defense are going to be sending pressure a lot, try and force them to throw the ball, make quick decisions, make some errors and that's going to cost them. So you got to keep the pocket moving and keep his legs going so that if he does have the chance to run, he can. So But with that being said, I have have a feeling deep down this is setting up to be a Kansas City choke type of game. And then we start seeing the slow, slow decline of Kansas City as a contender. I, I don't know why. I don't know, like, why I feel that way. But I just have a gut feeling deep down this is how it's shaping up to be. I could be completely wrong, and I totally understand that, totally accept it. But my prediction is that Cleveland keeps it close to the wire And then Kansas City makes a mistake, takes a timeout too early, takes a a bad penalty or something like that. And then all of a sudden Cleveland starts building up momentum again, starts getting the drive going, and then they they find a way to eke it out in the end and continue this magical run. So for me, X factors on this team, Kansas City, Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the biggest X factor. If he can get that situational football, Right, which I'm sure they'll be doing today in practice. We're recording this on Friday. I'm sure they'll be going over that either with his coaching staff or the players. And for Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield has to be on point just like he was in that Cleveland game, especially we'll see how healthy his offensive line is. Um, but I think Baker Mayfield making plays and Andy Reed, not messing up the timeout situation or situational football those those will be the biggest x factors in my opinion so my prediction for this game is going to be 27 to 20 cleveland i think cleveland cleveland has an all-time defensive performance and somehow shuts down this kansas city offense for 20 and i have a feeling that they're going to win by a touchdown do you have a prediction for this game
1: um well i mean first of all i think the this weekend is going to be awesome i think we I complained a couple times there over the course of the year, like, ah, oh, this slate of games stinks. This divisional round, this is always usually the best round in you know the playoffs, but these games are all really good, so I'm excited for this one too. Um, I like KC thirty-eight to 30 or 35. You know, I, I don't know. It depends. On High Cleveland scoring one game four thirties. Actually, now you know, I'll take like KC thirty-eight, Cleveland twenty-seven. Because mm. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game by ten points, and I, I I am underestimating the Browns probably. And if the Browns win, you can be the first person to tell me I did that on this podcast. That's completely fine. I just this is, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's Mahomes and the X factor in this game for me is Mahomes because he's the best quarterback in the league still. He is on track to be one of the best quarterbacks, but so not the best all time. Um, and you know when he's on your side, it's just really hard to pick against him. I feel like so. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. All right. Well, here's the thing with the Mahomes thing. Mahomes is off of one
0: Super Bowl, and we're already saying this guy's on track to be the greatest of all time. Like He's I get right. it.
1: He could have two MVPs easily already. And three two Super Bowls in three years. He
0: could, but we're already putting up a guy with one Super Bowl after what the greatest of all time in Tom Brady. And Uh, like i'm just saying i'm just saying like a little saying
1: uh, accolades yet obviously but talent wise
0: okay okay fair enough fair enough fair enough all right uh buccaneers saints round out this weekend slate uh at 6 40 p.m eastern standard time which is a weird time to kick off a game but
1: i don't know is there gonna be slime in this game (laughs) slime zone God, I, Gabby, I... Maybe Gabby can go, I uh, can go, Go. oh, a pun! Like, oh, God, that was really bad. But this is going to be a great game. It's a, uh, right, yeah. it's bad It's no. is it, is it a is it being broadcasted broadcast on the History Channel instead of Nickelodeon.
0: <laughs> shots. Shots after shots at Tom Brady and the Saints and all of these old people that are involved. Um, Very old game. No, no very, a very old game. Extremely
1: Brown, old. Brown, important. Rob Gronkowski... Or yeah. a little Emmanuel Sanders in there, no, and there. and
0: Donegan and Donegan Sue.
1: Malcolm Jenkins. It's Janoris Jenkins. Uh, oh my you know, god. Mario this Davis. is it, there are these
0: are two old teams. How the fuck are these players yeah. still playing? But anyway. An Joe
1: Buck's definitely gonna be doing it. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman is gonna It is on know. Fox. It is on Fox. Okay. Yeah, this will be the Buck and Aikman game. Are they gonna do both games? Because like I know the Rams Packers game's on Fox, too.
0: No, I think they'll probably have like uh one of the B-list, not B-list, but, like, one of the... Like Joe second, Davis, maybe? Yeah,
1: like, not... Hopefully it's I not like Kenny Albert, dude. I can't stand him. Really? I, I it's like him. Like Kenny Albert, it's, it's not his fault. He's a good announcer. I'm not trying to call him out. It's just that whenever he does the Giants games, we lose. And he does the Giants games a lot because, like, he's not, like, one of their top guys on Fox, and the Giants are never one of their top teams they want to broadcast on Fox. So i just i'm used to seeing him call games we lose so i just don't like hearing his voice anymore <laughs> oh well that makes
0: sense of course um but yeah uh let me check i'm checking do, 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 do. i feel like they're so, going both oh so the the rams packers the broadcasters for that game are kevin burkhart daryl johnson pam oliver and christina pink so okay not terrible. I'm a, I'm happy with that choice. That means
1: Buck and Aikman are doing the the other game because I know NBC has the Bills game. That'll be Michaels and Collinsworth, and yep. then uh, CBS is the Baker game. That'll be Nance and uh, Chiefs Browns will be Nance and Romo. Oh my god!
0: I gotta hear I gotta hear about Romo just completely nutting over Mahomes and Baker Mayfield for three hours. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, that's gonna be terrible.
1: I wanted um I wanted judge. Buck and Aikman to do the Rams Packers game again because, or the Rams again, because I just like hearing Troy be like, Joe, I don't know what golf was thinking on that throw. Like, <laughs> <happens> <laughs> that like was a bad times. look for Jared Goff. It happens like three a times look. a game where he's like, and Troy, Aikman like never kills any quarterback, and whatever golf's playing, it's like, I don't know what he saw there, Joe,
0: because there are some throws where I'm like, holy shit. But anyway, uh, Bucks at Saints, like I said, 6 40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tom Brady and Drew Brees. This is possibly Drew Brees' last season with in the NFL, really. Multiple reports were coming out during the season that they were expecting that sources, blah, 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 were expecting um, Drew Brees to retire at the end of the season. So is this Brees' last dance in the NFL? We shall see. Uh, and for the Bucks, coming off of a win against Washington that wasn't necessarily impressive, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, still a solid win and they advance nonetheless. And Tom Brady's like first appearance as a wild card uh, and the first time in like forever or possibly ever in his career. So, with that being said, Breeze versus Brady, are we in? Are we set up for a quarterback duel or do you think this is going to be a complete flop and
1: be a defensive battle? Flop. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we're gonna get like Breeze and Brady each throwing 340 yards and four touchdowns. Like I just, I just don't see that happening. Um, Brady's playing much better, or not much better. Brady's played fine, but Brady's in a better position to have a big day offensively because I don't think Breeze, at you know, with his arm strength anymore, can completely light up a defense. With that being said, though, the Bucks defense gets beat deep a lot. And if they could somehow, you know, get a couple big plays downfield, like that's going to be huge for the Saints. Um, I think it's really going to turn into Camara against the Bucks a little bit more. They're going to run a bunch of screens for them. They're going to give them the ball 20 times. It's going to be a kind of a classic Saints game where, you know, we're used to us as sports fans, NFL fans. We're used to the Saints at the, at the Superdome launching the ball downfield. You know Breeze throwing it to big time receivers like my Marcus Colston back in the day. You know, if you really want to go back. Jimmy Graham. Oh my god. We're Marcus used to.
0: Colston.
1: That's this a, that's is that's a new, name I haven't heard in a while. This is completely new Saints like philosophy. They really they they do a lot of screens. They do a lot of you know short passes, curl routes, slants, obviously with Michael Thomas. They really just try not to beat themselves. I think it's the number one team left that I trust not to turn the ball over which I think is important. I think that they're just going to, Trump Payton's going to make sure they take care of the ball and uh, they have a quarterback who's not going to beat them per se. I think Reeves is, you know, for his shot as he might be arm strength wise, he's still got, you know, tremendous IQ and he still knows how to play the position and, and certainly manage a game very well. And on the other side, you got Brady who's got, you know, these three receivers that are really click, starting to click finally, which is scary and a, decent run game i mean it's not it's not great but they ran the ball really well against washington i think Fournette at 90 yards or something like that uh mm-hmm. both sides, saints are gonna be
0: 93 good. yards and like four couple touchdowns
1: yeah yes, they ran the ball well last week but the saints have a good run defense they have a good pass defense they have a very good defense and look like you mentioned the defensive battle i think the saints will definitely keep them in the game i'm gonna say it outright i'm taking the saints i know everybody in america seems to be picking the bucks now and I'm usually I'd be picking against the Saints in you know the playoffs because they have had some of these bad games in the past. But as long as the refs don't screw them over this year, I think that there's a, there's there's a good chance for them to win. Will Lutz is gonna make his kicks, and he's gonna have to make a couple of big kicks. I think he you know he might kick a game you know expiring field goal in this one. He's gonna make his kicks. It's indoors. Camaro's gonna have a good guy, game. And I think breeze is not going to beat them. And uh, I think, I don't think it's going to be Brady playing poorly. I think he'll play well. I think it'll be a very good game, but I just think the saints are slightly better. And uh, that's the, there's a reason the saints have beat them twice this year and pretty handily both times.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree that this isn't going to be like prime drew breeze from like 009, 2010, 2011. Like this isn't going to be Oh five Brady, like slinging the ball all over the field all these receivers and launching deep bombs but i think this is setting up to be a pretty intriguing matchup of two teams that are coming in as like really really well built and for the buccaneers they're looking not i mean the buccaneers are dealing with some injuries i should say uh chris godwin mike evans ronald jones are all listed as questionable uh on the official injury report Uh, And they were listed as questionable yesterday, January 14th. We're recording this on the 15th. So we'll see what their status is uh, by game time. As of right now, Godwin and Evans were limited participants in practice on Thursday, uh, Thursday, and so was Ronald Jones. But if they lose those three guys, that is a severe, huge blow. You know they're going to play.
1: They're going to be active. It's just are they going to be 100%? That's true.
0: That's true. But I don't Antonio Brown's clicking, but I don't think it, he he's at the level where you can just expect him and Gronk to carry the offense
1: the He passing can't wreck a game anymore. He's great, he's still very good. He's gonna be a good receiver, he'll get his you know, his targets, his receptions, but he can't wreck a game, you know. Like remember that a game in the wild card series like four or five years ago, it was Pittsburgh, Miami. Pittsburgh was pretty flat and A B just had two like sixty oh. yards to so completely wreck the game. Yeah, like, he yeah, can't yeah. do that anymore where he can just completely turn the game.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think – or at least he isn't – he doesn't have the opportunities to do that in Tampa Bay because of the weapons around him. Um, but for the Buccaneers, like, I'm not sold on this defense. They have – by the stats, they have a great rushing defense. But after seeing the Saints just go into Tampa Bay and demolish them on Sunday Night Football 38-3 to – even without like Antonio Brown on in that game it or he was in that game, but they were still, he was still like early, like trying to learn the offense and stuff like that. Um, Even then I still wasn't sold on the Buccaneers defense, like just somehow finding a way to like keep them in that game. And I don't think it's going to happen again to like this weekend. Uh, I think the saints are like the, the Buccaneers kryptonite. And at the end of the day, like breeze, is Breeze knows that he doesn't have the cannon or at least the arm strength that he used to. And he does have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara uh, going into this game as of right now. Uh, But I just, I just, I'm Tampa Bay has been so shaky. That's my biggest thing is like Tampa Bay has not shown me enough consistency. Whereas new Orleans has to, for me to say, they're going to win this game. I think, Mm -hmm. Uh New Orleans I think Marshawn Lattimore is gonna get a couple picks. I think uh Cam is gonna get a couple sacks, get some pressure on them. And I don't I just don't see Tampa Bay really affecting the Saints offense as much as the Saints defense will affect Tampa Bay's offense. Marshawn Lattimore has two picks. There's no
1: chance the Bucs win the game.
0: I well, I, I shouldn't say two picks, but he'll, he'll get an interception. And I think Cam Jordan's going to get a couple of sacks. And uh, I just – I'm just not sold because I don't see this, like, super team. and A super team in the NFL just doesn't work. There are too many egos, too many personalities to mismanage. Even if you want to try and make the argument that New, New England had super teams back then in the day when they were winning Super Bowls, yeah, sure, you can make that argument. But when you're trying to bring in through like free agencies and try and mesh everything in like a year, it's not going to work out. It just doesn't work out. And I think we look back on those teams because now we recognize those names after they won championships. But it's just I'm not sold on proven Super Bowl winning caliber players to come in in a year, learn a new offense, mesh right away. And go on a historic run and go undefeated and go on a historic run. That just doesn't that doesn't happen. And I think this is this is where the the train stops for Tampa Bay. So I'm gonna my prediction is going to be New Orleans, New Orleans 34, Tampa Bay 26.
1: Okay, that's a lot of points for the Saints. I was gonna I was thinking more like New Orleans, New Orleans 20 26, Tampa Bay 20 20. Yeah, a lot of field goals. I just
0: I know, I know. Kamara's gonna get at least, at least two rushing touchdowns. I think, I think he's gonna get at least two. I I think so. Throw throw him in the passing game. Maybe he gets a receiving touchdown. That's three. Michael Thomas, give or take one or two. Yeah, like. So I just, I just see the Saints putting up more points just because of the, the short game that they have, especially in the red zone, whereas. Brady and Bruce Arians like to throw fades to Gronk for some reason, but I, hey, who am I to criticize so their coach? What I
1: what I tell you, Matt, is to uh, bet Cleveland on the money line and parlay that with the uh, the Saints with the spread, and you'll get pretty good odds at that. That's what you
0: think? Hey, too. Coming, in <laughs> <laughs> coming in with all the knowledge.
1: Coming in with all the knowledge. But yeah, so so to recap, my four winners. I think it's going to be the Rams and the Saints, which are the quote-unquote underdogs maybe this week. I know the Saints are favored technically, but everybody seems to think we're going to get Brady and Rodgers. I think the Rams and Saints win in the NFC. And then uh, Bill's Chiefs, the two best teams in the AFC, uh, all year will be in the AFC Championship.
0: So I got – that's true. I got Packers uh, in the NFC. I got Packers and Saints. And in the AFC, I got Cleveland and uh, Buffalo. So. Buffalo. Cleveland-
1: so fun it's just like
0: that That teams. does that does sound like a great afc championship game but we'll see which team plays spoiler what's we'll, we'll see how each favorite responds and we'll see how these games shake out thank you all for tuning in to another episode hope you guys all enjoyed it hope you guys all enjoy a great weekend of football and we'll catch you in the next episode thank you very much for tuning in you could have tuned in to anything else enjoy your day Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, Your subscription and follows mean just as much as you actually playing the episode. Uh, Thanks again for listening, um, and I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day, and hopefully you enjoyed this one. So...